It's Speaking with Gravity, and I am Curvin, your host on this podcast. We talk about mental health and how everything affects everything. When you sit with a therapist, which I am, the conversation is different. On every episode, the goal is for us to try to make you think, make you feel, uh, make you do what's best for you. I'm a therapist, but this isn't therapy. It's just a podcast. Today, I have as a special guest, Mr. M.V. Oliphant. He's a jack of all trades, <laughs> uh, producing, acting, singing, everything. He does everything. But we're going to talk about just um, the things that are going on right now with the, the pandemic, the politi- political climate. Um, everything is going on. We're in Georgia uh, on this particular uh, episode, so we're going to be focusing on Georgia itself. Um, Mr. M.V. Oliphant, I'm going to allow you to introduce yourself. Greetings. Greetings, and uh, my name is M.V. Oliphant. Um, uh, as as uh, as my friend here, Mr. Sturrell, says, I'm an actor, I'm a producer, uh, as well as a uh, as well as a uh, writer and a vocalist. And also, I, away from the camera set, I'm also a global expansion leader for a educational platform program called Epic Trading, um, which teaches people how to make money off the forex market. Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> we definitely got to talk about that too. Absolutely. Um, so. How you get here? How you get, we in the ATL right now. How you get here to Atlanta to do what it is that you're doing right now? It all started my freshman year at Morehouse College when I arrived in um, Morehouse, uh, August of 1985. Uh, yes, I'm telling my age. <laughs> okay, okay. And, uh, and they, um, it, uh, they. That's they, when Biz Markey came out with. Um, just, just before Biz Markey. Okay, it, okay. It, was, it was Dougie Fresh okay. and on uh, the 45 Kings. Okay, okay. I got <laughs> you. I got you. <laughs> the Force MDs. Yeah, okay. I'm really telling my yeah. age. <laughs> Some of my classmates had uh, Jerry Curl name, yeah. but oh, it was wow. gone by the second semester. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, it, I always wanted to come to Atlanta since I was a kid. I'm a native of Augusta, Georgia. Uh, by way of a small town outside of Augusta called Renz, Georgia. Yeah. Uh, my home people at Renz, Georgia, they my followers on Facebook. They say, now you 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 know you you know you from Renz, Georgia. You got to say Renz. Okay. Yeah. Renz, Georgia. Gotcha. <laughs> not right? just Augusta. Renz, Georgia. Not just Augusta. No okay. boy from Renz, Georgia. Yeah, but uh, I, I attend high school in Augusta, Georgia, uh, T.W. Joseph High School. One yeah, of the, one the two uh, uh, predominantly black uh, historical uh, black high schools in Augusta, Georgia. And um, and I, I uh, majored. I graduated from Morehouse College in um, in '91. Um, finally, <laughs> with a degree in um, mass communications, public relations. So with it, with you having that major mass com, you knew that you was going to go into uh, entertainment or acting. Well, I'm gonna tell you how the scope of things here in Georgia was back in the early '90s. I have family that's in California, in Los Angeles, so. Uh, only thing that was going on here, which I didn't know was going on until, as far as the film industry, uh, was the heat of the night. Because <laughs> okay. I, I found some of my classmates who were extras on heat of the night. I said, "Wow, how they get on there?" Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. My, well, it turned out one of my um, one of my acting um, 
mentors, who was a best friend of mine. She unfortunately just passed away last month, a victim of the COVID-19 mm-hmm. um, virus. Uh, she she co-starred in the episode. Her name was Maxine Barnett Nesbitt, um, and um, I met her in 1994. At that time, I was doing acting as a hobby. I was doing like local theater, um, writing my own monologues, performing my own monologues. And she caught one of my um, my performances at my home church, Broadway Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, where she was a member. And 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 um, she, uh, my mother knew her. Um, and um, she, she was like, well, Mark, we have a... Um, we have, we have an actress who, who attends Broadway now. I said, really? <laughs> Who's in national television? And and uh, so I want to introduce you to her. So after I met Maxine, my life changed because uh, a lot of things that uh, my fellow actors will tell you that's involved in, in acting, they knew uh, I knew nothing about. And but she showed me the ropes. And um, my first uh, major stage play, even though it was in a small town, I call it major because I was one of the lead actors. It was called A House Without Windows. It was a murder mystery play. Okay. I don't know if you ever heard of the book or whatnot. And, um, and me not having any experience, nothing more than a few church plays I've done growing up back home. And um, at, at, after she kept drilling me, drilling me, drilling me, she, she trusted me to be one of the um, um, lead actors. And, and after that, Things are happening for me, and but and at that time I had moved back to Augusta, but by the time I got back here to Atlanta in, in 2000, that's when the film industry started booming. Because as as I was saying earlier, um, when I graduated from Morehouse, I I was thinking that I had to go stay with one of my cousins who, who lives in in Los Angeles. Right. He's deceased now. He was gonna let me stay with him. Uh, he he believed in my dream. He 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 was the type. His name is Alvin Williams. He believed in and people. Following your dreams, even nobody else believes in you. Believe in yourself. So he was gonna let me stay with him and his wife, Shirlene, uh, for free till I got a job or, or I was able to get my break. I mean, that's a rarity. Yeah. So that at, back then, early '90s, that was the only way I thought that you that one could um, become um, involved in the film industry because I never imagined. You told me back in the late '80s, early '90s that the film industry was gonna be. Uh, a zenith here in Georgia, like it is now, I wouldn't believe you. So in '94, when you met her, mm-hmm. you knew once you met her, and you caught. Did you catch the bug then? Yes, you I knew caught, a little bit before. Yes, I, I caught the bug then. But once again, it was a it was a hobby. I was doing that hobby. I, I didn't know how one could get paid, or or didn't know you know what path I had to take, you know, to build this up as a career. And so I, I was still doing work in my in my field, which was communications. And you were saying um, you, you mentioned monologues that you would do monologues. Yes. Um, you wrote your own monologue. Yeah, I wrote my own monologue. It was based on a sermon that a former uh, youth pastor had had um, preached about, and I and I did a spin on it. You, is that the one that's on YouTube? Um, you no, it's on not on. It's not on YouTube. Okay, I, it's it's somewhere in my old VHS stash. Oh. Don't, don't don't give me like where. I hope to, I still got it. I keep trying to take you back, don't I? Um, <laughs> I hope I still have it. But somewhere. you did you did one, and I can't. It, it's leaving me right now. But you did one that was powerful. Uh, I was think it, the it face said of homeless. Two, two, 2013. 2013. I think that's the date that was on it. Um, was I a homeless guy with PTSD? Yeah, you had on a. Uh, yep, I believe so. 
what what uh, army fatigues? Yes. Yes, that was that was for a stage play I did, uh, uh, produced by Patel Austin called uh, "The Face of Homeless." And yes, you sir. you like doing those those monologues and and. That's it's a two-part question. You like doing the monologues, and how do you tap into it? Because that's that's all emotion. Well, yeah, you said the key word. You said the key word. I, I was going to get to that because as an actor, we have to tap into the emotions of who we're portraying. We we don't we don't we do more than portray that individual. We have to be that individual. We have to think like that individual. How this individual uh, uh, carry out this issue? care how how do they feel where are they these are things that i had to learn um when i when i've taken a number of acting classes over the years of such greats like kim fields the late tommy ford uh, mm. uh clifton powell um oh wow uh, yeah that's my big brother <laughs> i love and, clifton. Uh, yeah and uh and troy Rowland, um um uh, my classmate tom scott he, he's been on um he's been on um uh, uh the georgia lottery commercial and mm. and um and uh, uh, I think uh, he's, he's been on Greenleaf and and um, and Saints and Sinners mm-hmm. as well. Um, so uh, and and, uh, and others that that I've uh, taken classes with. And the, the common denominator that that they uh, that that they implore actors to do all acting real acting coaches teaches them is to be believable. Don't I, I have to put Mark away. And and be Edward, that's the, that's the uh, that's that's the uh, character you saw. So with with that one, how did you? And you say that PTSD. How did you gather um, emotion was, for that? Where you was, get that information from? Yes, you have to do your research uh, as an actor when you uh, when when you're about to take on a character that's obviously not you, mm-hmm. that you never experienced. Um, when I used to work downtown as a security officer. Um, I've come. I work late nights, and um, I've I've encountered a lot of homeless people. Um, you know, so, you know, like if I have something, I give I give them something. And sometimes I talk to them mm-hmm. and say, "What's your story? How did this happen?" So a lot of times, yes, they're hungry. They they need um, they need they need money, and a lot of them got mental health health issues going on. But and uh, they haven't been, you know they they got hygiene issues, you know. But you know they can't help it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them want to hear your story. They want you to hear their story. And said nobody's listened to me. Nobody asked me that. So, what are your thoughts on that mental health aspect, the part of it? Like it's real. Because I, as I tell people, when I see someone that's homeless and down and out, sleeping on a bridge, sleeping in a box, I said, "Thank you, Jesus," because that could have been me. Easy. My Morehouse degree matters not. Me coming up in a Christian home matters not. Um, I couldn't, um, God just saved me from having to uh, encounter it. Because a lot of us that's working paycheck to paycheck, we're just one paycheck away from being in that fix. And that's why I'm involved with the, uh, with the program that I just told you about mm-hmm. as well, which we, we, we teach people how to have multiple streams of income because you you can't live just I can't live just as an actor or I can't just live um, working paycheck paycheck for an employer because you want a future for your children and and um, and leave a legacy instead of bills then then you have to have a plan or life plans for you yeah um 
I want to go off on that end, but I'm 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 holding okay. towards towards the I'm end. I'm riding with you, sir. But, <laughs> but uh, speaking on tapping into the emotions, mental health, PTSD, how much of the responsibility in the entertainment issue, industry is it for you to be aware and accurate of what's going on right now with regards to mental health, with regards to um, political um, things that are the political climate. You know, me and you were talking right before we started mm-hmm. about how Georgia just flipped to, I say flipped to a blue state. I'm not they a have. Georgia resident, but flipped to a blue right. state, <laughs> beginning with the president and just this last uh, Senate race. So um, where does the entertainment come in at in, in accurately uh, giving that to the people who are consuming the media? Well, politically wise, as entertainers, it it's up to the individual to endorse a uh, a candidate or, or endorse a political philosophy, but it's not really the entertainment industry's responsibility to uh, to uh, do such because what we are are storytellers. Perfect example: um, the gentleman that that played uh, Fitzgerald, President Fitzgerald, on Scandal. He plays a Republican president, but in real mm-hmm. life, he's a Democrat. Okay. A lot of people didn't know that because okay. he came down to Georgia last year or so and endorsed a candidate that was running. I can't remember who. It was it was a big time endorsement that he came by. So that that's uh, that that that's an example. Now, as far as our responsibility to um, make people aware of the current issues, um, whether we want to or not, we are all our role models whether we want to or not. Especially the bigger we become, the more visible we become. Uh, That's our responsibility because um, people watch TV a lot. People watch movies a lot. People go to Netflix a lot. A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Amazon Prime. Now the theater's closed, you know, we we go to Amazon Prime a lot. Yeah. So especially young people. So what they see, they eat what they're fed. You feed them BS, they're going to live with the BS. You feed them uplift, they will live, uh, they, they will shine. So, so uh, I mean, it, if, uh, say, for example, uh, there, there's a, a, a music video or, or, or a film or a character that, that, that does something demonic, yeah. whatnot, like, Go up, do mass sh- shooting and killing, whatnot, in movie theater. Um, that there was an instance I can't remember uh, w- which instance it was, uh, but uh, the the perpetrator said that this is something they picked up from a movie yeah. where a lot of people died, and and of course the actor going going to like who, who did it or the writers uh, or the producers of that film is like, well that's not not our responsibility. They made that res- decision. I said what. Well, Young people who, well, especially teenagers, that's a lot of them are still very, very impressionable. Yeah, and and they would they would just do it, just say, "Well, wow, this thing blew my mind. Let me try it." Yeah, um, our minds doesn't completely develop, I believe, until twenty five. I think it's for females and twenty. Yeah, yeah, females a lot faster yeah. than men. Um, I'm, I'm a man. I'm 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 <laughs> a man. I'll admit that, that, but that's facts. That's but see, facts. E- even though <laughs> even though females develop faster uh, or complete before we are, it's still later on. It's twenty five. 
Yeah. So, and we're consuming a lot of media up until that point in time. True. Uh, I also remember growing up, I used to love watching TV. Um, yes. But uh, my parents put like a time limit, time limit sure. on it. Um, but not only did they put a time limit, time limit on it, they talked to us. You know, there are times now where it seems as if uh, people are just consuming yes. entertainment. But there's no conversation to go along with the entertainment right. from people closest to them. Not right. necessarily that is not going on, but the people closest to them are not being intentional about making sure that they have this conversation about whatever it is. Uh, when you said Amazon Prime, I watched American Skin mm-hmm. just last night. Yeah. Really good movie. Yeah. But and I haven't watched it with my kids, but if if I'm watching it with them, we got to process that all the way through that whole particular um, That is movie. very key, and, and that's wonderful that you're watching with your children instead of, you know, letting the TV being, be their babysitter. Yeah. Because if, if you don't give them, if parents don't give them guidance as, as they watch, you know, especially if it's something that's heavy, a hit, definitely heavy issue, you mm-hmm. got to talk to them. You got to explain to them. Because if nobody explains it to them, they just gonna they could just take it and run with it. Absolutely. And, and what they think it is, go talk to their uh, their buddies at school, uh, get their take on it, and say, okay, all right, this is how we think this is. This is how we're gonna run with it. Yeah. This is gonna be our attitude about it. But when you were saying earlier about that person who uh, had that shooting, who did he process something with, of what he saw? When right. you come back, did he process it? You know, if he didn't process, of course he's gonna he gonna think that he can do it right. or run with it. He was just amazed by it. He, nobody told him that was wrong. Right, right, right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, what as you've been here uh, over the years, what do you aspire to to do next? Uh, you or are you where you want to be currently as far as the entertainment industry? Well, it's it's important that uh, we have to be versatile. First in this entertainment industry, um, a lot of us, of course, we start in front of the camera, but we have to learn um, all the all the mechanics behind the camera. Um, it's important to learn how to write, tell stories, because <laughs> really that's where the power is. Perfect example, uh, Regina King. She started way back. You're talking about a journey. She started way back in the day in the '80s as a young teenager on the TV sitcom 227. Here she, uh, she, she went from there to Poetic Justice and, um, and, and Ray. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, um, and now she's produced a, an incredible film that's on Amazon Prime called One Night in Miami. I had the pleasure watching that last night. It's uh, mostly- what, what was it? One Night in Miami. It, oh. it documents the friendship of Malcolm X, yeah. um, Sam Cooke, Muhammad Ali, and Jim Brown. Hmm. Uh, I did some research about, you know, what, what, because nobody really was there to witness what happened, and only the survivor of, of those four is Jim Brown, and he's not saying much, especially in his age right mm-hmm. now. He's, mm-hmm. he's in his 80s now. And, and, uh, so I did some research to find out what was fact and what was fish, fictional in that movie. But but going back to Regina King, she uh, she directed that movie. She she was executive producer and directed that movie. 
and and it's it's an incredible piece. With all of those guys that you just named, they were kind of that movie is based off of the one night, but they were in their prime. They were uh, in their prime. At that time. It, it was they were in Miami to see uh, Muhammad Ali uh, uh, um, defeat Sonny Liston right. and win the title for the first time. Now that part was fact. Right. They were all at that fight and. They kind of worked together during the civil rights movement. Um, as far as, when I say work together, I mean as far as helping to push it along or support it. From what I gather in that movie, it's like they exchanged their motives, their ideas, and and um, and of course the person that that who's the torchlighter of of being you know active and re- and responsible for our people, of course, was Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. And he challenged them all, but it turned out that they were challenging him mm. from what he was going through at, at that time, if you know Malcolm X's yeah. story. Do you still see that going on now? Um, them people exchanging ideas, motives, and, and, and either, either in an encouraging way or in a holding you back? I will say 60-40. That's still, I say 40%. I could be wrong. 40% of people, uh, of people within our community, the, the stars and the athletes, whatnot, we challenge and question um, our lack of responsibility in what we're doing and being a good influence, an uh, uh, important influence, or not get putting out the millions of dollars that our athletes and our rappers and, and, and our artists are, are, are making off the industry or at, off, the, off sports into developing our community and then 60% um, are working together, which I'm very proud of. Who I'm most proud of are Killer Mike and um, Mm T.I. Because they went back to their hood. They grew up in in Bankhead, um, um, bought out the ownership of uh, Bankhead Seafood. If you never had Bankhead Seafood, you need to get some Bankhead Seafood. (laughs) Shameless plug. Okay. You're welcome, Bankhead Seafood. (laughs) I'm going to have to go buy that today. (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, and, and the, I think it's, it's, it's a complete, but um, um, the, the, I, I saw the uh, drawing plans of, of an enormous edifice for, for the restaurant to, to try to clean up the neighborhood, which, is, which over years had gotten in the shambles. And also, uh, Killer Mike is in the process of developing or has developed a community bank. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, I think it's Greenwood. Yes, green something. something. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, I was seeing that. I've seen a lot of. So that that was very radical. I mean, and radical in a good way, (laughs) wonderful way. Um, So nowadays, uh, with y'all kind of working together, is it is it hard in the industry to break into the industry or to stay in the industry from um, with you being an African American male specifically? Well, it depends on who you ask, because <laughs> and, you know uh, the break in Hollywood. Uh, yes, um, I've heard stories of uh, even the, the 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 best of the best, uh, um, whatnot. Um, I've heard stories of the challenges, like a lot of major African American men who who are entertainers in this industry have faced, as, as well as uh, the sisters as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to blaze your own path. So that that's why uh, that that's why Tyler Perry is doing what he's doing. He blazes his own path, you know. And um, and and even though people think Tyler Perry has you know Atlanta on lock because he he uh, he has uh, uh, enormous acreage over at uh, at Fort McPherson, 
believe it or not, it's still plenty of food for everybody to eat. Yeah. Because you can have about 10 more Tyler Perry's here, and it's still it still be enough room to eat. So, so um, it's it's good to to start, just like you know with a regular job you, at, at starting your career. It, it don't have to be in the entertainment industry. You can start by working for someone while you working working for someone. Learn to learn the tricks of the trade, and and um, and when it comes time, you can make that leap of faith. And and start your own thing. So so that's one of my aspirations is to uh, produce my own films, because okay. that's really where the power is. The power is who you don't see um, yeah. in front of the camera. When you're speaking of leap of faith, a lot of times people deal with uh, what they call imposter syndrome, where they suffer from like self like chronic self doubt. Like right. no matter what they accomplish, right. it's still inadequate have you seen that have you experienced that personally even though you know you've had probably checked stuff off the box yes i've had that experience when i was in my 20s okay when when, um anything i tried to get involved in uh, like uh if it wasn't acting it was a, a business opportunity whatnot but when things got difficult i just like screw it i quit but at the same time, and, and I love my mother to this day. Her name is Pearl Oliphant. She she uh, taught me a lesson, um, a hard lesson about this. She's I, I was getting frustrated that you know after tries of of uh, other ventures, I got in this venture. So, oh mom, I don't understand why you're not supporting me. I said, well, you're not really giving me a reason to support you because you're always jumping into new things. <laughs> now now you showed me that you're serious and you making commitment. Then I then you know, she don't say I got you because she's a re- she's a retired teacher. <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> but that's what she meant. And so so it's important that n- nothing's worth having if it's easy. You don't, we we have a carnal mind of not appreciating um, the, the the fortunes in life because everyone that achieved major success, whether it's in entertainment, whether it's in sports. Um, whether it's in um, being a big-time attorney or a business owner, whatnot, Every, all of them have a story that they went through something. Hmm. Think about it. Nobody got to the top easy, ever. Everybody got a story. Everybody got a story. Everybody had to go through something to get to where they are. And for for you, that encouragement from your mother and just sticking, hearing what she said, stick to something persevere right right show me okay show me that you're serious show me your commitment that was she was getting at okay i wasn't committed so everything you're gonna because uh oh my god i went through a lot with uh with with um my journey um to become an actor (coughs) um uh from the uh the jobs i've had not having jobs um, not having a car, but I had to get to an audition. I had to leave like three, four hours before time for the audition to take two or three buses to get to, yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. So if I wasn't seriously committed, I wouldn't be where I am now. I'd be like, man, I ain't going through all that. I don't feel like, I don't feel like it. Do so, you feel accomplished right now? 
I I feel I was just telling I was telling a good close friend of mine that I feel blessed that I see elevation every year. I see going to the next level. I see myself going to I'm I'm at a better place uh, than I was the previous year. And is that solely off of the entertainment industry or getting into multiple streams of income that you were speaking Both. on? Okay. Both. Mm-hmm. So because it's decisions I made. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how how did you learn about more of those multiple streams of income? I learned I learned through uh, a, a couple of friends of mine who were involved in and what's called is a it's a market that we as African Americans and, and people who are um, not just African Americans but but people who are like you know determined uh, deemed as low to middle income mm-hmm. classes. Um, an industry that wasn't afforded to us, that was hidden from us for years, is called foreign currency exchange trading. Foreign, foreigncy. Foreign currency exchange trading, also known as forex. Okay. Forex right. trading, and um, um, it 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 was just regulated by banks. That's why we didn't know about. It. Now it's deregulated. Now we can all tap into it. And the program that I'm involved in, where we teach people how to uh, plug in, is called Epic Trading. Where where you you pay a monthly tuition fee and we teach you how to um, trade on the forex market because I came in excited but knew nothing about forex trading but they've been teaching me how to do it and also if you want to refer people to it you you build an organization and you and you um, and 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 um, you start earning what's called a weekly uh, bonus referral bonus because you're helping Epic Trading build its organization. And they reward you for it. So I've heard a little bit about it. Scares me a little bit. Is it is it risky? Like extremely risky? It's risky if you uh, if you're not disciplined. Okay. You have to be a disciplined trader. Now a lot of people that that been in trading, they lost money because they weren't disciplined. They tried to wing it on their own. They didn't want to follow the program. See, the thing is, we don't throw people out in the woods after you sign up and and it said learn on your own and rescue. Um, um, losing money, but we, we we have a system. We have uh, it's called Epic University, where we have a two week syllabus that teaches people how to um, earn money, um, how how to how to how to read charts, how to read the market, and while you're learning how to read the market, you can actually watch master traders do their trades, and you could take a few coins you got and do the same thing. So is it is it similar to stocks, but it's just on a foreign it's level? It's another level from stock market. See, uh-huh. stock market is just based in the United States. Okay. Where if the only way you make money is if the uh, if what you invest in is is making money and profit. But if the stocks fall, you're losing money. Right. However, with the forex market. The, the currency exchange that you're investing in, when it goes up, you make money. And when it falls, you make money. Mm. Buy low, sell high. Okay. That's why a lot of people jumping on this. We got, we got lawyers involved in this. We got pastors involved in this. Retired educators involved in this. People on all walks of life. We got truck drivers and, and garbage collectors involved in this. Anybody can do this. Only if you want a future. Now, I will tell people this. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme. Mm-hmm. We've had people that come in expecting to get rich quick scheme, um, expecting to get all these millions and millions of dollars, whatnot, and and uh, not only not only uh, it didn't happen for them, but 
whoever they tried to share it with, they got uh, discouraged. Oh, you you get involved in that scam. What you doing to get involved in that scam? Whatnot. They bought into their mentality. So yeah. that's kind of what we were talking about. Yeah. You know, uh, you letting people and doubting you. Right. You got people with a crab mentality mm -hmm. influencing you. You got to make this decision. What you gonna do with your life? So nobody need to tell you not to do something if they're not offering you a better alternative. Yeah. So, so how do you how do you get beyond that? How do you get beyond deciding okay what, when this person is trying to look out for me and when this person just got this crap mentality? Well, in your in one's um, growth toward success, wherever your endeavors are, there's going to be some losses. Mm -hmm. Not saying, I mean, you can't choose your family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you can love them from afar. Yeah. Uh, you can select your friends, mm -hmm. your circle. Because if they're not helping you grow, then they got to go. <laughs> I like that. Because like um, I've, I've lost, I've lost some people in on, on on the way, one recently. Yeah. But that's okay. That that's the price you have to pay. Yeah. Uh, if they're not helping you grow, they got to go. They got to go. Okay. <laughs> how can people? How can people find you? Um, on social media and what else do you got coming up next? Absolutely. Um, I have uh, my, my website is M V Oliphant. That's M V O L I P H A N T dot com. On um, Instagram, I'm M V the actor. Um, on 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 um, Facebook, I'm actor M V Oliphant. And on Twitter, I'm M V Oliphant. And also, the website for Epic Trading is epictrading.com backslash Mark Oliphant. All right. Thank you for coming out, man, and sharing your thoughts with us, telling us more about you, um, what, what you got going on, staying focused, um, and just uh, continuing, persevering. Yes, sir. Uh, I love how you said everybody got a story. Everybody, everybody got a story. And we're learning things throughout our story that can help other people. Yes. And at all times, at any time you, you're having a conversation with somebody, you know, you may be a blessing to them because of your past experience, because of your actual story. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate you stopping through and, and blessing us with yours. I'm Curvin Searles, your host for Speaking with Gravity. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know, I just try to stay uh, active on all social media platforms. Um, we try to make you think, make you feel. Um, and if you have any type of thoughts about therapy or any questions about anything that we go over in the podcast, just reach out to me on those social media platforms, and I'll try to get back in contact with you in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Thank you to Vision Winnie. I think I got it correct this time. <laughs> Thank you to Vision Winnie for uh, his production uh, on, this, on this podcast. Again, thank you to my wife and my family for supporting me throughout uh, this endeavor that I'm choosing to kind of dive into. And remember, I'm a therapist. This ain't therapy. It's just a podcast. Until next time. Ooh.